No, not at all. I test. I did. I ran so many tests on it because I was so worried about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's wrong with it at all. It just. It just needs like. I think he lost a piece to it or something. Because it. Oh yeah. 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 There's a little. There's a little screw in that. Yeah. Part. There's a little screw guy that I can't find. Why so. did he take it off? <laughs> You know, I'd love to know. <laughs> I really would love to know. That's a Ryan Love question, unfortunately. Ryan Love. Come on the uh, pod. Come on the pod. Tell us what you were cooking. Dude, um, I, I can't really talk uh, details about it because, uh, like, technically, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I didn't sign an NDA or anything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, I just don't want to blow up their spot. Um. Worked a video shoot that was so insufferable yesterday that I like I can't stop thinking about it. Like yeah. I like I'm gonna tell you more off pod because it is like an off pod conversation. Mm-hmm. But dog, like you ever just meet somebody who you who you immediately don't vibe with? Yeah, try that like five times over. Oh God, <laughs> try meeting like hang on how many. I guess eight people I did not, I immediately did not vibe with oh, and was on set Christ. with all day. Um, anyway, uh, welcome back to this ain't a scene. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we backlogged, um, and didn't record last week, but still released an episode for, for your ass. Mm-hmm. Um, why did we do that? Why didn't we record last week? Uh, I couldn't. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. remember why, but I couldn't. Yeah, I don't remember why either. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Carson Pace. He, him pronouns. Holy crap. Well, I'm Dawson Beck. Also, he, him pronouns. You've never said your last name on it. I don't think you have either. Yeah, I just kind of followed suit. They used to do that. Uh, shout out, because I, I think I was their first Patreon subscriber. Uh, shout out QAnon Anonymous. <laughs> um, they used to bleep their last names because they didn't want QAnon people blowing up their spot. That's awesome. And then, like, when they unbleeped their last names, like, the first episode where they said their last names, it was, like, such a big deal. Like, because <laughs> then you could find all of them on socials and stuff. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Shout out, Julian. You're my boy. I would say we could do that, but people already know. People, yeah, people know who we are. Um, let's talk about it. Uh, I, I went over to uh our friend dom's uh to take part uh and and you know you you graciously invited me to take part in bummer hill gang vocals yeah yeah yes 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 so we uh as as of last week we are done recording the album entirely Um, that is so crazy we are sending it off to get mixed uh probably start of next week once dom gets all of the stems comp together and everything fuck yeah um mixing will probably take like two or so weeks um depending on uh, yeah. drew's schedule um the the guy we have mixing it um drew mixed the latest uh gami project the brightest days and also is their front of house person fuck yeah um super cool super cool dude um and uh after after it's mixed we'll get it mastered pretty quickly and then we pitch to indie labels and (laughs) see if we have to wait to put it out for a while longer 
Yeah. I want this thing to be out like today, but yeah, well, it's gonna now take a while. You're in the hurry up and wait stage, which is oh, like yeah. the worst. I I remember that so distinctly with Die on Mars. It was like it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's finished anything with it. yeah. now i just gotta sit here and have it be yeah. finished and not do anything with it right but, yeah no uh, so gang... we're both we're both sitting on new music oh yeah so dope. oh yeah so so dope uh fans of both of our bands will eat at some point <laughs> yeah i mean i i'm hoping they're eating still yeah but uh we saw like a surge in, uh, which I feel like this doesn't happen. We saw a surge in Spotify followers because hmm. you know how you can follow an artist on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I only do that, which like, I don't use Spotify anymore, but I feel like I only did that when it was someone who it was like, well, obviously I'd, I'm going to follow them. They're like a band I've been listening to since I was in high school yeah. or whatever. Um, I feel like I only did that for like, you know, for example, Manchester Orchestra, I absolutely follow on Spotify, mm-hmm. right? But I can't think of another, like, if I just like found a band, like, I, like maybe it's just me, but like, I'm not hitting that follow button. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know why. Um, but we saw like a huge surge in it in the past, like week and a half or something. Like it went up by like four or Three or four thousand. Jesus Christ! Our, but our listeners didn't go up. Huh? So I was like, "Well, what the hell is this? What happened?" <laughs> and like, I know like the label's not buying bots or something like that. So yeah, like, that'd be awkward. yeah. We went up from like we went up from like nineteen thousand to like twenty three thousand. Christ! It was very weird. And I was like, "All right, I mean, whatever. I'll take it." Yeah. That's the thing is like people's monthly listeners get like mega inflated. Because it's the number that gets displayed, and the quickest way to run up that number is to get playlisted. Mm-hmm. So these bands that get playlisted and have like five hundred thousand monthly listeners but can't sell fifty tickets, like that happens. Yeah. And I feel like if the followers were displayed, like if that was a public number that everyone could see, that would be a much better judge of like that would be a much better metric to judge ticket sales by. Because monthly listeners just is is a poor ticket sales metric mm-hmm. you know De- yeah a lot depends of the on times. who Dep- definitely yeah. depends on who but like especially uh if you see a band that has like um fucking six figure monthlies and then mm-hmm. uh yeah. they have one song that has a bunch of streams and the right. rest of them are yeah. like 2000 or something it like happens to instrumental bands a lot yeah because uh yeah i mean like and you know you and i are so far outside like the sphere of like what dads listen to and i'm not talking about like our dads because we have cool dads for the most part Mm -hmm. but uh, for the most part on my part i've never met your dad but my dad's uh, cool your dad is cool from everything i've heard your dad sounds very cool um but like i like normal ass dads love listening to instrumental rock music while they're doing other things Huh. That's that is like something I hear continuously. Dan's dad, Dan's dad talked to me about this, hmm. about how he doesn't save any of the instrumental rock uh, he listens to on a streaming service. He just hits shuffle and it like is just something on while he's like doing work or while he's like working out or running or something like that. 
He's like, I couldn't tell you a single band from it. And I was like, whoa, dude. That's insane. So, uh, like, if I, I think, and this is not, if you play in an instrumental rock band, first of all, get a singer. Second of all, um, this is not to disparage them, but I think it happens a lot, like, where their monthly listeners will just be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that for an instrumental rock band? And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I, it's gotta be that. I don't know, but... Sometimes they sometimes instrumental rock bands like swag out like um I'm trying to remember who I saw uh they, they were on tour with Spirit Box lately Intervals Intervals yeah, yeah. Intervals they're, they're Dow Boys homies yeah they, they fucking rule great. yeah like they are like the exception to like most of that shit I don't like mm-hmm. they're absolutely the exception I think for instrumental rock you got to be like progressive in some manner musically to like retain my interest yeah. because if it's just like a standard rock instrumental with no vocals on it, like th- there are some genres I can connect to better instrumentally than others. Like sure. instrumental hip hop is Electronic. a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. Electronic is a lot yeah. of fun to listen to, but like simple sort of like verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of rock music that needs a singer on it mm-hmm. to like yeah. propel it higher. You have to really be spazzing like intervals is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did they play the old shit? Did they break out the seven strings? And I, I don't know shit about intervals. Yeah. I just liked their set. I see. Um, yeah. I, uh, I saw them open for a different instrumental band. Whitney went with me too. Um, we saw them open for Chon hmm. pre-COVID. They were great. Um, but then like the two slot in there was between the buried and me who's very much not instrumental. Like, mm-hmm. they are, like, you know, sometimes they are, like, closer to death metal. That really scared the Chon kids. And then uh, they're not a band anymore, so I feel nothing uh, saying this. Uh, Chon was, like, the most boring thing I think I've ever <laughs> sat through. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and, like, great band. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they're a good band. But, like, I was like, this does not, this does not appeal to me in a live setting at all. I yeah. was just watching it. And I was just like, that fucker sure can play guitar. huh?" <laughs> <laughs> that boy hitting no strings. Those, huh? <laughs> that boy is strumming. Uh, can we talk about this? Um, so I think one of the reasons why you and I started this podcast is because we like thinking critically about music. We like, mm-hmm. it's a hobby. Yeah. Like apart from the two of us being musicians, I think thinking critically about music is something that both of us like doing. Would yeah. you agree? So um w- with that comes I love listening to other people think critically about um about music, uh which is why I recommended you Mike the Snare. Mm-hmm. Um which we can talk about uh, I guess uh probably off pod, but um or we can talk about it after this. Um, so I consume a lot of that. I consume mm-hmm. a lot of guy talks about music. FD Signifier, Mike the Snare. Yeah. But most importantly, I listen to a little podcast called IndieCast, <laughs> hosted by Ian Cohen and Stephen Hyden. Yeah. Two music critics, Pitchfork, Uprocks, Stereo Gum. Ian Rolling Cohen is, is based as hell, honestly. Love that guy. Uh, he came to our San Diego show on the drugs tour. Oh, shit. Such a homie. I love you, Ian. Thank you for doing that again. I hope I didn't punish you too much. Um, <laughs> Ian's dope. He's so cool. 
Um, but, uh, <laughs> and, and this will tie back to, to the subject of this podcast. I was listening to their second to most recent episode. Um, they had like some audio get corrupted and then I think maybe they're taking a break or I guess the episode comes out tomorrow, but their second to most recent episode, they covered, we didn't start the fire, mm-hmm. the new fallout boy version. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Hyden declared Fallout Boy as his most hated band of this century. <laughs> um, and oh it, God. It, sucked. it sucked, man. Um, I don't think he and he compared them to Weezer in the sense of like he was like this. We didn't start the fire thing. Not only did he say it sounds like something that Rivers Cuomo would do. He also said, and like he basically he was like, I like I can't believe this wasn't a Rivers Cuomo thing, but mm-hmm. he was like, uh, he he compared them, uh, in the sense of like, they are like, like Weezer has this back catalog that Stephen Hyden remembers listening to when he was like in college mm-hmm. in the early nineties, or maybe he was out of college. I don't know how old Stephen Hyden is. I think he's around my dad's age, but. Um, he was like, Fallout Boy does not have the like strong back catalog with me that Weezer does, and also I think if Weezer did this, we would all just roll our eyes and just go, "Yep." But <laughs> since Fallout Boy did it, everyone is like throwing gas on the fire. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if he was, <laughs> you know what? I think he was saying it. I I, I wish he wasn't, but he was. I think what he's getting at is that Fallout Boy is a more embarrassing band than Weezer <laughs> in his eyes, which is crazy. <laughs> it it uh, is like w- when you think about both bands and like all the shit that Weezer ha- like, because if you're going to put out a statement like um, Fallout Boy is a more embarrassing band than Weezer or something to that effect. Yeah. Like, holy shit, dude. Weezer has like, uh, no, no shade to Weezer at all. Like yeah. a little shade to Weezer. A little shade to Weezer, but no shade yeah. to Weezer, just yeah. because. Like, obviously, Blue Album is like one of the fucking craziest rock records, unbelievable out there. album. Like, just front to back, every single track is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely changed the landscape. And Pinkerton is also really, really good, even if it's like deeply uncomfortable at points. Yeah, but like. That that album should put you on a list. <laughs> Rivers just, Cuomo probably is on a list of the wackiest guys, the wackiest out there. white dudes, wackiest yeah. white dudes. But like, god damn, dude! Like Weezer has done so much embarrassing shit. Like, have you listened to Death to False Metal? I haven't listened to Death to False Metal. Um, it is I've listened, shockingly terrible. I've listened to Ratitude. So, like, make-believe to Hurley is, like, all ass. Yeah. Um, Maladroit is great. If if you haven't listened to the follow-up to gr- the Green Album, Maladroit, you should, because it's dope. Um, and it rocks, like, mega hard. Um, it's, like, not as raw as Pinkerton, but it is, like, it's very raw and it's very cool. It's the closest Weezer's ever going to get to a metal album. It's dope. Um, but, like, 
make believe to Hurley with death to false metal included in there, coupled with, I'd say, teal and, you know what, just teal, mm-hmm. just teal. Um, Pacific Daydream. I don't love is, Pacific Daydream. That shit is ass. <laughs> um, I don't love terrible. Pacific Daydream. The last song on it is very good, but um, yeah, sure. Teal coupled with most of Pacific Daydream. I think that is more bad music than Fall Out Boy has ever made. Well, it's like, um, but it's kind of embarrassing. Is kind of a difficult, um, like qualifier to yeah. to put into words because like. There are some bad bands that like aren't really that embarrassing. Sure. Um, Would you call Nickelback embarrassing? Because I would. Honestly, no. I would not call them embarrassing. They are so like Nickelback is such a self assured band. Uh huh. Like they they just do their own. They do not give a. They do not give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, Nickelback isn't embarrassing. It's embarrassing to listen to them. But they, as uh, a band, are not well, embarrassing. On. It well, it depends, you know. Yeah, like that's just the stigma that comes with it. I'm sure. not calling you sure. embarrassing yeah, yeah. if you listen to Nickelback. Yeah. Sure. Um, and it was like cutesy, like Tumblr era. It was like, it was like the funniest thing you could do was to yeah. hate on Nickelback. You Absolutely. know what I mean? But like falling in reverse, that is an embarrassing band. Oh, when they are percent. terrible and embarrassing like it's a separate quality so mm-hmm. like yeah. i honestly like somebody calling fallout boy an embarrassing band considering some of the shit they've pulled like i can see that <laughs> especially well, with this we didn't start the fire thing no falling in reverse no matter how big they are going to get they are never going to be in the zeitgeist like fallout boy was or is no uh, or weezer so, I mean, when we're talking embarrassing, like, Falling in Reverse, of course, that shit's embarrassing, but, like, so is All Time Low. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like All Time Low hasn't been a part of this conversation in many, many years. Yeah. Like, it's been years since All Time Low has had, like, I mean, they've never been the equivalent of Fallout Boy ever. Mm-mm. So, like, I mean, I think, like, there are definitely more embarrassing bands, but when it comes to, like, the level of embarrassing uh, an embarrassing band that can a call a tour the hell omega tour Mm -hmm. b go on the hell omega tour i'm honestly going to say green day is the most embarrassing band (laughs) out of those three they have to be like yeah i don't know no that's a good argument honestly because like sent they it they have such a strange discography where Mm -hmm. like from Like when they started to basically American Idiot, they were yeah. like consistent, like on average, really, really good. Yeah. And like American Idiot was a really good, uh, like on top of just being a good ass album, it's like a moment of reinvention for them. And I mean, then, it revived them entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Just put them yeah. back on top of the world and like, but then after that album came out, they just decided they, to never reinvent themselves again. And I'm so. I went to the 21st Century Breakdown Tour mm-hmm. in 2009, 10? I don't know. Nine or 10. Uh, I went to the 21st Century Breakdown Tour. Um, and even then, 
the consensus amongst like everyone was that like 21st century breakdown is like not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like I remember them like going into 21 guns when it was still like kind of new mm-hmm. and everyone was like, oh, brother, <laughs> like it was like it was very silly. And then they did that. Uh, they did that awesome as fuck uh, live album, which I remember like l- is the live album awesome as fuck or is that what it's called? It's called Awesome as Fuck. Okay. Um, and I believe that is 2011. And that was like, I believe even on that recording, Billy Joe says something like, we are not going to, like, it's going to be a minute before you get, like, actual new music from us. Um, and then, I mean, I believe that was recorded on the 21st Century Breakdown Tour. And those songs sound bad. Like the, those specific songs are like, they hadn't figured out how to play them yet. Like, I don't know what it is post American idiot, but like the time in between American idiots release and 21st century breakdowns release was when that band a peaked and B was the best. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you see them live now and, and they're fine. I saw them live, uh, in 2021 and they were great. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing is they have so many hits that they can ride this back catalog before they're like playing something off fucking Revolution Radio, which is one of the worst records I've ever heard, <laughs> um, which I believe is their 2016 or 2015 album. I think not, 2015. I think 2015. Yeah. Where they played it and I was just like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> this sucks so much ass. Um, They played like one song off of that. And then it was just like immediately back to hits and they had just put out a new record they had just put out a new record they played nothing from it awesome nothing from it what was that when father of all motherfuckers came Far, out father of all well yeah. yeah i don't blame them for not playing anything off of that <laughs> yeah i don't know what's up with that um and like i don't know i just like i would call them and and mike the snare uh, shout out Mike the Snare, amazing YouTube channel. If you get the mm-hmm. chance to check it out, he's not even at uh, a million subscribers yet, and Which that's is crazy. fucking uh, criminal. You, mm-hmm. you, everybody, get on that shit. When he did his Green Day disc dog, discog dive, which of the Hella Mega bands, the only one he hasn't done is Fall Out Boy, but I feel like it's coming, um, especially with how much they've been in the uh, the zeitgeist recently. Um, and just in the musical conversation as like legends and Mm -hmm. they're basically on their own eras tour right now. I feel like he's going to do it pretty soon, but in his green day thing, he has this, he has this like mechanic called the overplayed octopus where like every single time he like can't separate a song from how much it's been overplayed. Like he just puts that on the screen. Um, and I'll be real with you, like, when I hear Green Day come on in a public setting, I am embarrassed. Like, it's <laughs> it's so overplayed at this point that it's just, like, ridiculous. And, like, I so, like, for Green Day to be your favorite band, gotta be the most embarrassing. Gotta be, right? <laughs> Even for Green Day fans, like, I have a, a friend, um, like, back, like, I have a friend in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, who I grew up with who Green Day was his favorite band for like the longest time and like I think we talked about Father of All 
around when it came out or something like that and he was like yeah that was uh <laughs> yeah that was not great <laughs> and uh i mean i think like billy joe is just i mean it feels like they're just going through the motions at this point yeah and you know it's cool that they can still do stadium tours for sure mm-hmm. but like that is like that's the curse, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, sure, you're making a lot of money doing these fucking stadium tours, and like, you have so many radio royalties from fucking Holiday and American Idiot mm-hmm. and Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but like, and Twenty One Guns at too. what cost, brother? Like, like <laughs> it's it's such a. I would love to like see if if he's talked about why they just haven't decided to be exciting ever again yeah like i mean he's not going to put it in terms like that obviously because well you know. uh, it's got to just be that you get older and you're like where do i go from here like you know noise rock you know those tray <laughs> yeah they made three albums to get that stupid pun God. It makes me very upset. What a what a terrible idea. We're really putting off the conversation yeah. with this song we're oh, doing today. Uh, speaking of embarrassments, uh, we're talking yeah. about... Uh, I unfortunately, this might unfortunately add to Stephen Hyden's argument. <laughs> yeah. Listen, like, I can see why Fall Out Boy would be considered an embarrassing band. Like, even if you think about... All of their hits, like from from "Take This to Your Grave" to "Foley," which is a fucking great four album run, and like, yep. God damn, you listen to a song like this, and you're like, "Holy shit, dude!" And the song yep. that we're talking about today is "Death Valley" off of "Save Rock and Roll," and here's, here's a, a snippet of it. Look at that; it's over. Wow, wow. wow. Aren't uh, you glad that that's over? Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I hadn't listened to this song in. 10 years, I think, because mm-hmm. Save Rock and Roll was 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have not listened to this song since then. Um, yeah. Give, give me your thoughts first. <laughs> this is the, just like off the bat, I listened to this like five times on the way over here. Because mm-hmm. um, like, I'm, I'm delaying talking about it again, but it's sort of relevant. Um, I've been driving around most of the day I went up to Woodstock to talk to uh, our friends Nico and Chucho about um, a music video for, for Bummer Hill. Fuck yeah. And on the way there and uh, part of the way over here, I was listening to uh, this album Man Alive by Everything Everything. Uh, if you don't know Everything Everything, they are my favorite band ever made and you should listen to them. Uh, but Man Alive got a... Uh, 13 year anniversary reissue with another vinyl disc of B-sides in addition to oh, wow. the proper vinyl wow. which has been out of print since 2013. Wow. Okay. Oh, well, since 2010, honestly. Like that shit fantastic album. And I was listening to that the whole time I was listening to Man Alive, I was like I have to listen to Death Valley after this. <laughs> <laughs> and Man Alive is such an electric album. Like it's yeah. in my top 20 of all time. Like mm-hmm. it's such a phenomenal record. It's like every single song is so different and exciting and they just go down so many musical avenues like with math rock and art rock and all this yeah. cool shit. And then I listen to Death Valley immediately after that. And it's the kind of shit where I listen to it and I'm like, okay, how 
was this band in the studio making this, listening back to it while they're making it and going, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Like this is a song that I want to see through to the end and Mm -hmm. that I think has potential to be a really good song. Like how do you do that with this kind of thing? So I have a few theories um, and I'll get into them, but I want to, I want to talk about how I felt listening to this today. (laughs) Um, Like I said, listen to Stephen Hyden talk about how this was the most embarrassing band mm-hmm. and how he thinks this is the worst band of the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I listened to this and I was like, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking song's terrible. It's um, remarkably bad. Um, I, oh, hang on. Yeah, I mean, I felt like and and this will kind of dive into my theories as to why they were excited about this song. Um, my number one being when Pete Wentz talks about why they went on hiatus. And when I think about why they went on hiatus, Pete usually says something along the lines of all pop music had become four on the floor dance music. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you listen to this album, I don't totally immediately go, oh, that's four on the floor dance music, but it is like close. Mm-hmm. Um, Butch Walker produced this, um, and the sheen that this album has on it is very similar to Taylor Swift's original version of Red, mm. um, which he also did a couple of the songs on, uh, which I think we've mentioned before he did. I knew you were trouble, which has this like electro, like almost like dubstep, like thing Mm -hmm. going on with it where there's like, there's like effect sweeps and like stuff that Taylor Swift would never normally have in her music. Mm. Um, and this shit is riddled with that. Oh yeah. Um, and I think what fallout boy wanted Particularly with the songs that weren't singles. Um, I think what Fall Out Boy wanted was for these songs to be remixed by DJs. Um, and then uh, used as some kind of club thing. Or they wanted the song to be club ready on its own. Um, which, like, again, there's fucking effect sweeps. There are, uh, like, impacts on the kick drums. Like... I, I heard some, like, glass breaks with this. They're buried in the mix, but uh, with my Apple Music lossless subscription, <laughs> um, they really, really come through in this way that I would describe as grating. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why I think anyone would be excited about this is because Joe and Andy have to play on the record for it to be a Fall Out Boy record. Mm-hmm. They played on this song. Patrick and Pete want the song to be club ready. Mm-hmm. And they've reached this compromise that leaves us with this terrible ass fucking song. Because <laughs> you said um, you used a great word uh, to describe this song. And that word is grading. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I don't I don't know how like accurate 
your theory is at all, but like it, it neither do I. The, <laughs> the club ready thing definitely sounds plausible for this song in particular because, like, to Pete's comment about all pop music has become four on the floor dance music, like, is that is that not this song? Like, yeah, this whole song is four on the floor, fucking just boom, 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 boom. beat it into yeah. your head, fucking like. And it's it's one thing to try and make a, a dance song, but it's another thing to try and make a dance song without any groove, because mm-hmm. the song doesn't have any groove. Like, no, you can move no. to the four on the floor beat, yeah, but there's nothing else there to make you want to like, I don't know, hit a hit the gritty on it or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know, and like, it's. It, it's so it's so annoying to listen to a dance song that wants you to dance that is incapable of making you dance. Yeah. Cuz like also uh in the beginnings of each of the verses they have like a high pass or something on Patrick's yeah. voice and literally every time he hits a high note on like and his voice has that filter it on it. Yeah. It makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's real weird. It sends a shiver up my spine, and I'm not even joking. Um, did you A-B this with any of the other, say, rock and roll tracks? I couldn't handle that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't think you did. But, uh, I mean, I was wearing headphones all day doing yard work, mm-hmm. and I-, I didn't listen to the whole album. That I couldn't take, but I queued this up, I think, three times. And I don't know if it was just, like, me listening to it on Apple Music for the first time or something like that, or... Like, just I was noticing like weirder things, but I was like, this doesn't sound like this record. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like Red. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a club ready song. And I a beat it with the title track of this record. Mm-hmm. It sounds like two different albums. Yeah, and this is later in the track list, and it's close to that song. Um, and then I a beat it with Ratatat, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like staggering. Like, I, and I wasn't expecting to say this. I was expecting to dislike this. I, I was not happy that we spun for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the worst song in the album. And I, like, above the mighty fall, which I, you know I think is terrible. <laughs> you know we have the same opinion on that fucking goddamn song. I think this is the worst song on the record. Um, it also sounds the worst. While, like, it's definitely trying to sound the best and the mm. cleanest, but it somehow sounds the worst. It like, it's like a horseshoe theory thing. Where, yeah, like, exactly. If you go too far into the clean, polished direction, it just sounds it's like shit so, again. Oh, like, like, you can hear, like, it, in my opinion, if a song is mixed well, I should only be able to notice, like, delay on vocals. If that is like intentional, mm-hmm. whereas like this with the again Apple Music lossless subscription, <laughs> it's really worth it, y'all. Um, I can like hear the slapback of Patrick's vocals. I can hear the like the high pass is so noticeable. Um, there's no low end on his voice for those verses, and it mm-hmm. is painful. Um, and it's just like. There are so like it's so polished that it reminds me of like garage band loops. 
Um, and I know that we've previously said like just one yesterday, like, you know, like it's just like one sample pack that they made a whole song out of. Mm-hmm. This fucking sounds like garage band loops. Like yeah. in like they were all the sounds on this song were created in a lab to be annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like by Apple. <laughs> it's so it's so crazy because you listen to this thing and you're uh, at least I was like because I'm sure there's defenders of this song. Um, oh boy! Oh boy! Boy, are there? <laughs> it's like it's just so interesting how like almost everything is completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's fucking embarrassing. And um, so one of the things that I did learn just from like a quick pass on like. Because, uh, to be frank with you, I just want to talk to you about the Mike the Snare Prince video. <laughs> That's all I want to do. I just want to talk to you about video. Mike the Snare's two-hour Prince. Michael the cognitive. Snare. I listened to Purple Rain today like four times, and I was like, fuck, this album's good. And then I listened <laughs> to this, and I was like, God God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Take away music. Um, for, so this was a... Uh, you're going to be so mad. This was a Stump Troman song. Oh. Yeah. Joe! Uh, Pete Wentz had next to nothing to do with the lyrics on this one. Um, he's credited as, as songwriter on this, but it is a Pete and Joe joint. I feel um, And Joe I think there's a reason why these have never happened again. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know, and like... After this, after they save rock and roll, they pivot to being this like weird fucking thing for two albums that is not this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be real with you, I prefer fucking American Beauty, American Psycho so much over this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know we've talked like. Tom Lovejoy brought up that like irresistible is like the forgotten sports song. I think this is the forgotten sports song. You know, irresistible definitely still is, but this feels like, and I, I I wish there was some database, you know what? It probably exists of like every song that's been a college football stinger Mm. because like we know centuries has been one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know fucking my songs. know what you did in the dark has been one. Mm -hmm. This had to like, I feel like maybe they ran this once and didn't see any uptick in streams or sales from running it once. And they were like, pull it. No, never again. (laughs) Death Valley. Never again. (laughs) You You know what this song feels like to me? It doesn't feel like a sports anthem to me. Okay. Or like a, a sports stinger for college football. It feels like uh, Fallout Boy is trying to sell me a car, a laptop, or a smartphone. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the kind of shit you would see in those like fucking Apple commercials where the iPhones are like flying through a white void and like sure. there's a MacBook yeah. spinning on an axis yeah. or like Alexis is this- driving <laughs> through a mountain or something. Do you remember when Steve Jobs would like you might be too young for this. Steve Jobs would like have like hand picked curated things on iTunes and you could like buy the playlist he put together. <laughs> Feels like this would make it on that. Oh god, were they that bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean like 
it was always like whatever U2 had released that year because U2 was Steve Jobs' favorite band, yeah. which is amazing. U2 has done so much humanitarian work. <laughs> Steve Jobs, ethical monster. <laughs> Can't believe that shit. Um, it would always be like whatever U2 released recently, um, a popular femme artist, like a recent popular female artist, like... Uh, Jesse J would mm. probably be an accurate example or Domino. like MIA MIA yeah. uh, I remember was on there one time um and I I think he may have died before this album came out and I boy so. is he lucky um uh, but uh <laughs> god I wish that was me <laughs> I record on Logic Pro X um <laughs> but uh fuck man like it just seems so like yeah you're you're right it's like corporate rock mm -hmm. and it's not as bad as like the jeremy renner songs that he <laughs> did for jeep but like oh god it's pretty fucking close those and jeremy renner songs are at least really funny those jeremy renner songs are hilarious um i i'm gonna be real with you I think we hate on Imagine Dragons a little too much for ushering in the era of rock music that we're in. Yeah, honestly. I don't think I, they were responsible for it. I I feel like Save Rock and Roll is the true culprit. <laughs> and I mean that with all my heart. Well, when did... um? Okay, so Save Rock and Roll came out in like 2013. What, 2013? I believe Night Visions is 2011. Which Night Visions is before... Uh, Night Visions is before Imagine Dragons gets to be where they are. Sort of. I've uh I listened to Night Visions somewhat recently. Um and it was like that should be on one of our wheels. Oh god. <laughs> god don't say things like that. <laughs> like uh, Night, I used Night to Visions like it. <laughs> I, I did too, honestly. Night Visions yeah. like I, I used to like I used to love its time and, and radioactive. I think um, Amsterdam still holds up as a Amsterdam good song. rocks, yeah. honestly. Tiptoe like, also. Will, I would say tiptoe. I, I will not even. Well. I will not even lie to you. Amsterdam is a really fucking good song. Yeah. But like, there are flashes of the arena rock band that Imagine Dragons Definitely. would become. Yeah. Like no. Radioactive is a yeah. huge. Like this song. That song would fit really well on this album. On it on would, Save Rock it and would Roll. Fit really well on that. And like, I don't disagree with you, but like, I would say. The reason why Imagine Dragons sounds like they do is because, and and I also think that Radioactive, yes, made a made headroom for rock music like this, mm -hmm. and they were able to shove Save Rock and Roll down our throats because Radioactive kind of primed us for it. But Radio, there's not another song on that record that sounds like Radioactive. Yeah, Radioactive just happened to be what worked for them. And they spent their next whole album trying to reproduce that. They couldn't. Mm -hmm. And then then what is their next big song after that? Uh um Natural? No, they uh they had some because um the the album After Night Vision, Smoke and Mirrors, had some like hits that weren't as big. Um they had I Bet My Life off of that one. Oh, phone call. God damn it. <laughs> Yes, I'm doing my podcast right now. What's up? Uh-huh. 
Huh? Three and four. Okay, bye. <laughs> Dan Hodgson moment. Um, but yeah, as I was I saying, bet my life isn't as big as radio. No, it's though. not. Like, it's it's yeah, definitely yeah. a minor hit. Yeah. Fucking horrible song. Hate Terrible song. Um, but the next like smash hit they had after that was, I believe, um, I don't remember which came out Believer? first. It was either Believer or Thunder. Because uh, those were both on it. And those are radioactive two and three. Yeah. So uh, my, uh, I, I am of the opinion that they, Smoke and Mirrors did not work and they were just like, all right, let's just do Radioactive again. <laughs> like, let's just do what was getting us to play stadiums one album in. Mm -hmm. um, but, dude, I really think Fallout Boy's the culprit. Like, just for, like, I feel like they're the reason 21 Pilots got as big as they did. I feel like they're the reason that bands like, and I even kind of like Nothing But Thieves. I think they have some smashes, but, like, Bands like them could come in and have this, like, leather jacket rock and roll, but, like, we still have trap beats type mm. thing and, like, be successful. Um, I hate to say it. I truly think that Fall Out Boy is the reason why we are in the state of rock music that we are now coming out of because of bands like Turnstile and uh, I even throw fucking Lorna Shore in there for, like, mm. you know, being able and Knocked Loose also for being able to, like, you know, break through the mainstream, but like we're definitely coming out of it because uh, time is fucking circular, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. Anyway, it's just like <laughs> I just like I, listening to this song. I was like, man, this ushered in an era of music that sounds like this, and it is it is their fault. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested to hear, um, like if if any if any of our listeners have. A differing opinion on on what album or what artist got us to the uh, the state of rock that we're in or have been in for a while. Yeah, um, because it's like sometimes it's really easy to pinpoint when like just a game changing thing or an artist just like hit and everyone was like, oh fuck! Like when Billie Eilish yeah. hit, everyone was trying yeah. to copy Billie Eilish, and that's why we have that ABCD. EFU yep. Song. Yep. Yeah. That's that's why that exists. That's why Gale exists. That's why Olivia fucking, Rodrigo exists. Olivia Rodrigo is like it, it is proof that um some like because what uh a lot of artists when they heard Billie Eilish they were like oh so the key to uh getting smash success right now or like what's hot right now is whisper singing and like. Uh -huh. uh being honest or whatever but they forgot that billy eilish is a phenomenal writer mm -hmm. uh, like has the has and the capability us an other half that helps yeah. her write everything phineas fucking is brilliant yeah excellent producer like um but olivia kind of understood that you have to also be good at writing to mm -hmm. do that and also yeah. innovate on your own which is yeah. why she put out like Good for you and and driver's license and stuff like that, which were also tremendous hits. And then yeah. people started copying Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, and then we sure. got in this endless loop of people copying each other. Yeah. But like for for rock, it's been like it is a little more amorphous than yeah. than just like 
I mean, it's a combination of radioactive and uh, my songs know what you did in the dark. Yeah. But like, it's still very much there. I think the most like um, instantaneous and recognizable change in the rock landscape to ever happen in the past, like fucking 30 or 40 years was when Nirvana put out Smells Like Teen Spirit because that sure. immediately killed yeah. hundreds of bands' careers. And yep. like the effects yep. are so obvious when you look at it. Like Just right when that song came out, rock was just changed forever, Yeah, which is crazy. I would also like to point out like whatever era you would call this and the radioactive era, because radioactive and... and and what I'm about to talk about uh, existed around the same time. Um, I think that <laughs> I think that Fallout Boy's return from hiatus, coupled with Imagine Dragons getting really big, and also um, like I, I don't know, I even maybe even toss like Royal Blood in there. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they're obviously not as big as Fallout Boy, but like maybe them too. Um, I think that they're like, I think they are responsible for a band like Fun breaking up. <laughs> Fun and Foster the People both got killed by this record, oh, is what God. I'm going to say. Because, like, there's that time period of like 2009 to 2013 where it was like Passion Pit was like having hits, Foster the People had hits, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, I still think Torches holds up really well. And then mm -hmm. Fun puts out one fucking phenomenal record in 2009 and mm -hmm. then they put out some nights and it was like holy shit like this is the direction music is going like the black keys were one of the biggest bands in that yeah. time period this killed all of it like <laughs> the like i think this and imagine dragons are solely like just absolutely responsible for whatever that type of music is just being eradicated hmm. Name a hit in the last few years that has sounded at all like Foster the People or Gautier. Like, you I, can't. I, you can't. I like, can't really name you many hits in general <laughs> from the last few years. Like, that's just not really how the landscape of, of popular music is for me nowadays. Like, I just don't. It's a lot easier to not pay attention to the charts. Yeah. Well, and I think also you can kind of mark the end of the monoculture mm -hmm. around this time, um, especially with the rise of Spotify and SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Um, you know, <laughs> I think also with um, hip hop having the, like the rise that it did and like becoming mm -hmm. the dominant genre, which yeah. it has been for a while. Like for, there yeah, was pushback years. on yeah. that from like uh, the, the popular music, um, like people i guess like it uh -huh. it just it just didn't seem like um everyone was on board with the with hip hop being the big, yeah. the big thing so like when uh like around when songs like th th i don't think this was the uh, impetus of hip hop becoming the new thing it's just an example <laughs> but sure. like bad and bougie great uh, example yeah was like that hit and then like just a lot of the the popular art critics who studied pop music and whatever were like just so fucking confused. Yeah, because like it's like what what do you mean this is like the the highest charting song right yeah. now? What do you mean yeah. 
Childish Gambino calls this like the best thing ever on stage at an award ceremony. Yeah. Like what's going on right now? And I think that kind of disconnect between what the people were actually listening to and what like high artists were yeah. uh, consuming and trying to make the big thing, that is a really like that split off everyone. Right. Yeah. From the monoculture. Definitely. And I think like hip hop being the dominant genre is like that isn't like sure it's it is the dominant genre and it's like definitely what i hear most just like everywhere in my everyday life mm-hmm. but i wouldn't call rap music the monoculture like no. at all at all um because i mean the monoculture is just it's eradicated i mm-hmm. mean like and i think that is this is a good marker this this song in particular and this album are great markers for that Mm-hmm. And and I mean, you could say American Beauty, American Psycho is the last album they made with <laughs> there being a a true monoculture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like Mania is so lost in its direction, mm-hmm. like it has no idea what it is, it has no idea what's popular, so it just tries for everything, and it's because everything's popular and nothing is now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. And when I, even when I talk about like the era of rock music that we're in, it's like, we're not really in one. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their thing. Everybody has what they do. They're just trying to carve out their niche. Yeah. And I mean, fucking pop artists are doing that right now. The closest Mm -hmm. thing we have to the monoculture right now is Taylor Swift's era's tour. Yeah. That's honestly, that is straight up the closest thing to the monoculture that we have is because my grandmother knows that that's going on right Mm -hmm. now. You know what I mean? And that's why American Idol isn't successful anymore. That's why you never hear about who won the voice most recently. That just never like the voice. God, it's it's such a funny show. I'm going to look up when that premiered, because like I think it premiered around the time that this was happening. Yeah. But and, like, and now, I mean, I know that it still gets viewership, but I mean, like, it is it, regardless. It's a very big niche, mm-hmm. but it is still a niche market. Yeah, everything is a niche market now, and nothing is at the same time. The Voice premiered in 2011, and there have been zero big pop stars to yeah. come out of the Voice. Oh yeah, I think the, <laughs> the closest anyone got was Melanie Martinez, who is a rapist. <laughs> I did not and, know she was on The Voice. Yeah, she she didn't even win The Voice. She was on Adam's team and got like fourth, but Adam liked her so much that he signed her anyway. Damn, um, I bet he's regretting that now that she made her fake Bjork album. <laughs> uh, I mean, apparently that sold really well for for uh, that like air, level of popularity. Out, uh, she is selling out like coca-cola roxy sized venues right now mm-hmm. and i think she's doing like the marathons like she's doing like fillmore's and like city wineries mm-hmm. but like those are still thousand cap venues that she's selling out which is yeah. fucking bonkers it is bonkers. she sold out that uh that place we played with avatar um last year she sold out that uh fucking like i i want to say like 2000 cap theater in kentucky hmm. and i saw that she or no she she did play there, and I did see pictures from it. I don't know why I keep seeing content from her portals tour, but I keep seeing it. I don't know how it appears. I think just from people making fun of it. 
And also, I follow Brad Taste in music, who rips oh, on her yeah. all the time. Yeah, um, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, she sold out the Norva, which like when we played there with Avatar, the balcony was closed, mm. and it was still like I think like twelve hundred cap mm-hmm. and sold out. She sold that shit out, and the balcony was definitely open for that shit. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy that she is like still. I mean, she still has a market, and it truthfully, like, number one, you can only be canceled by the people who love you. Number two, everyone has a niche right now, mm-hmm. and Fall Out Boys just happens to be very, very big, but they made an album, so much for Stardust, that is for their niche, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the collapse of, of there being any sort of monoculture other than what's trending on Twitter this week, um, it it really is, like... It really is kind of staggering, and I think that this album is a great marker of it. Yeah, honestly, because yeah. like I don't, I don't see a song like um, "My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark" getting as big as it did again. Like from Absolutely a band like not. Fall Out no. Boy, who's having a comeback record, whose success was really great back uh-huh. when they were yeah. a- around, but then like it, my songs just eclipsed everything they did uh-huh. pre hiatus. Yeah. I don't see that happening ever again. No, no, I don't. I, I, and I don't foresee them having. I mean, like, what's the biggest song in the world right now? Do you know? Because I don't. I don't. I think exactly. It, I think it's a Luke Combs cover of uh, a fast, fast car. car. Do you want to? Do you want to put money on that? Don't here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'll put one dollar on that. I mean, not money, but like you know, fake podcast money. I'll put a billion <laughs> fake podcast dollars that Fast Car is okay, number hang one on, right hang now. On. So, are, do we want to do this by Billboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Billboard Top 100. Uh, I'm going to say it's like... Mm. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't know. Honestly, my my guess was going to be Fast Car. <laughs> Billboard Hot 100. Let's look. I Wow, okay. Number one right now is Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I should never known. heard this song in my life. I, I did not know it was out. Uh, I did not know that she had new music. It's apparently um, really good. Cool. I'll check it out. Uh, Fast Car is three. Mm-hmm. There is a... What's two? Uh, Last Night by Morgan Wallen, which uh, I think I've heard. I think I've heard that song. God, I hate that song. Uh. There's a collaboration between Rima and Selena Gomez called Calm Down, which I've never heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Miley Cyrus song Flowers, I still have not listened to, yeah. uh, although I know of it. Uh, Cruel has- Summer by Taylor Swift is sitting at seven. All My Life by Lil Durk is at six. There's a Gunna song called Fuck You Mean in eight. Uh, Karma Taylor Swift featuring Ice Spice is nine. And then Favorite Song by Tusi is number 10. Um, Dawson, I don't know any of these songs because <laughs> <laughs> I don't really listen to Taylor Swift. Yeah, I didn't even listen to Lover, which cruel, which is the album "Cruel Summer" is from. Um, is it really? Yeah, that's from Lover. So it's an 
old one. Yeah, it is like it trending or something. Is it on TikTok? It like just it was never a single, but like it was always a fan favorite. And then mm. like recently, that has just hit a fever pitch. And then she actually released it as a single. Oh, interesting. Well, okay, we have to get to number twelve to a song that I know, which is "Kill Bill" by SZA, <laughs> which is a great song. Great so, song. Uh, Good ass song. No, but I mean, it just goes to show you, like, and it, it not like uh, a couple of a couple of guys uh with their podcast mics are like gonna be the yeah. arbiters of, of taste and like yeah. whatever absolutely is not no to. that's not what i'm saying at all but it does yeah. go to show like there was a time like 10 years ago where both of us would have known of course every single song of course, in the top because 10. of because of how much we heard it mm-hmm. which like to be fair i did hear the fucking uh fast car cover in a uh thai restaurant like four weeks ago mm-hmm. but like I don't know. Anything else could have played, and and I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we're just at the point where um, music is uh, is a collection of niches, and if you find a niche that you like and uh, and all that, that's like that's really the the um, that's great. Like, that's great for you. <laughs> that's great for you. Good for you, bro. <laughs> Good for you, dog. Um. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the lyrics on this song. There's nothing to talk about. Um, fun, fun fact: there is nothing to talk about. Uh, the lyrics to this song are uh, inane and pointless. In my and repetitive. Opinion. Yeah. Uh, and bad. Yeah. Um, I have like this is the first time where we've ever gone through a Fallout Boy song, and I've been like, nope, no standout lines at all. Nope. Zero. Um, it, there there's nothing like it that also just lent to my feeling of how are you excited about this because like it's just the most like robotic boilerplate kind of lyrics like yeah. first draft shit that you would ever put out like ugh, it's there's nothing to it yeah <laughs> It's it's not good. There's a standout terrible line. Uh, so put the D in dirt now, baby, baby. Ugh. What an awful line. Oh, oh. Whose fucking idea was that? I don't want to fucking talk about that. <laughs> um, it's just the same kind of fucking like. It, it's it's like if you took a pitbull party song and took any <laughs> semblance of fun out of it. Because, like, some of the Pitbull uh, okay, songs... That's, that's the best description of it. You can get down to some of the Pitbull songs. Like, fucking Don't Stop the Party or whatever that one's called. That's a banger, honestly. Where did the party go? I don't remember. Oh, oh, sorry. The, the You're Pitbull talking about song. Pitbull. Pitbull song. Um, Never mind. But this one, like, there's nothing. Like, I don't believe what Patrick is saying. Like, he's... Yeah. The wor- there are words coming out of his mouth, and I don't believe that he believes it. Um, yuck. Yeah. Uh, dude. So I wanted to talk to you about this because I think I think we need to have a come to Jesus moment about this. (laughs) Neither of us are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, I might have to get off the Reddit. I truthfully (laughs) might have to get off Reddit. Um, what did you see? Some shit that upset you? No. The r slash Fallout Boy Reddit is the most toxically positive place on earth um i've said this before i think being a true fan 
of anything, anything, TV show, movie, movie series, band, album, I think being a true fan of it is recognizing its flaws, forgiving them, noticing where the person who made the thing that you like saw those flaws and corrected them. Mm -hmm. And I think Fall Out Boy has done that recently. Yeah. Not perfect, but they did it. And these assholes (laughs) on the Reddit, Fall Out Boy has done nothing wrong to these people ever, Mm -hmm. ever, ever. The reason I started this podcast is because Fall Out Boy is my favorite band. Mm-hmm. They are the reason I am a musician. Patrick Stump is the reason I am a singer in a band. Mm-hmm. I know when it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> How do these people not know? It, it's Dawson, so strange. The Reddit loves this song. Oh. They love it so oh much. Oh, my God. They love it so fucking much. I don't think I've ever seen a negative comment about a fallout boy song on the subreddit like i i don't i i don't go on there frequently at all if i do go on reddit it's like for maybe 30 minutes at a time good Um, lucky you (laughs) i just don't like it very much yeah um but in all the times i've been on the fallout boy subreddit because i've been on there a good few times i it it's like it's so hard to find anything negative about mm-hmm. a song or an album on there. It was just so yeah, strange because tough. like on other subreddits like um the Death Grip subreddit, they sometimes they're like, Yeah, Fashion Week kinda sucks or whatever, which I disagree with. I think Fashion, fashion Week Week's sucks. You um, can suck my dick if you think Fashion Week sucks. <laughs> if you think Fashion Week sucks, you need to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um and but, a pair. Uh, but it's like oh my god it's such a unique kind of vibe there and like i think panic at the disco subreddit does more shitting on their band than follow boys oh yeah which because panic is a worse band overall but like definitely but also like it just goes to show you that like you know the second that you are like under the gun the second that you are in the hot seat, that is when people who are like normally sycophants to you turn on a dime. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, uh, Death of a Bachelor is, has like four good songs. Uh, Pray for the Wicked's fucking terrible. And this new <laughs> album you're about to put out, you sound like dog shit. <laughs> Which like all of those things are true. Like all of those things were objectively true when they were coming out. And I feel like as a fan of the band, you could be like, no, like, even though they've made some of my favorite music ever, this Pray for the Wicked bullshit is awful. <laughs> like, yeah. it takes a, like, and, and some, like, there's, if you're one of those people who listens to your favorite band and, like, regardless of the quality of it to, mm-hmm. to other people, yeah. like, you love it regardless, that's awesome. Like, that's great. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's it's great. It's just like, they're um it, it's it's hard to put into words because like not oh my god this is hard to put into words yeah um it's really easy to uh kind of 
like look at a project and and just like com- be completely baffled as to why anyone would like this yeah. and yeah honestly at the end of the day it just comes down to like tastes are different and and sometimes like the, these people's attachment to yeah. the band is like so strong exactly that yeah, no they literally can't do anything wrong which is which no, is fine and, and that's fine and that's like that's, it's just deeply confusing <laughs> that's why yes and and i'm not i am by no means insulting these people absolutely that not. is that is not what i'm getting at yeah um i don't think you're stupid i don't think that you are not as smart as me just because you don't think as critically about my favorite band that is fine mm-hmm. um i th- i just think that <laughs> I am just very confused. Yeah. <laughs> like I am, I go through the Reddit and I, I think what I realized this week, Dawson, is this is not a place for me. <laughs> I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah, I do not belong on r slash Fallout Boy. Yeah, we're not cutting it as a segment because I think there's some pretty interesting stuff in there. Um, not for this song, but no, uh, no. uh, just a lot of just I and I let me. Let me rewind what I said about toxic positivity in the in the uh, in the subreddit. It's not toxic. You can like whatever you want to like. It's also because it's just like, confusing. It, to yeah, me. <laughs> it's confusing, and also just um, like Fallout Boy as people haven't done anything wrong. No, like not they, at all. they haven't done anything cancelable. So like, it, I don't think it crosses over into the the toxic threshold. Because no, as people, no, they seem right. pretty demonstrably it, like fine. Yeah, no, and like an example of a band whose fan base is like definitively toxically positive would be like the Falling in Reverse fan base. Yeah, of like that guy has legitimately like murdered people. Yeah, and I don't want him to murder me. So, uh, you know, I'll watch what I say. But did uh, he get convicted of that, or are those like he went to he went to prison for it? Yeah, I mean it oh. was manslaughter, but oh, like. Yeah. Like, you can't kill us, Ronnie Radke. That is something that you went to jail for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, like, all I'm saying is, like, good example. Randy Bly from Lamb of God was driving in Europe. And due to some kind of error, it was ruled an accident in court. Randy Bly did kill a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. On accident with his car. Mm-hmm. I forget the total situation. Randy Bly stood in court and said, whatever my sentence is, I will take it like a man. I will serve my time. I will do whatever I have to do because I feel so bad that this happened. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Radke <laughs> does not give a single shit that he took a real human life. Yeah. And that is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, uh, anyway, <laughs> not toxically positive. What I'm saying is I don't think I'm ever going to comment on the Reddit. I don't think I'm ever going to pose a question to the subreddit as as a grand thing. And here's another level I'm going to go to, Dawson. I don't think I'm ever going to say something bad about Fallout Boy at a Fallout Boy show <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, so. my gosh. There you go. <laughs> there we go. That's that's Carson's big statement on the yeah. subreddit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do do you want to? So, uh, we might be launching a Patreon, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh maybe sometime soon maybe sometime soon and uh before we get out of here uh i wanted to pitch to dawson which i already pitched it to you over text so we're just gonna uh, do it on the on air we're gonna do it on air we have not uh we have not done it quite yet but um if this is something you guys would be interested in um we would like to have basically a separate podcast to this podcast um that would be patreon only um along with maybe i don't know maybe we read uh joe's book on patreon or something like that but for now the patreon content is going to be a new thing we like to call made you listen uh it's like made you look but it's with ears (laughs) with ears yeah um basically the idea we're not going to stray too far from the formula of this podcast uh going to be two wheels mm-hmm. one wheel contains an al that contains 10 slices mm-hmm. uh one uh uh one are 10 albums that dawson selected for me to listen to mm-hmm. and the other wheel is 10 albums that i have selected to make dawson listen to mm-hmm uh again this will only be 10 episodes of content <laughs> unless Unless we do Unless like we one, do, ep- one yeah. episode. Uh, Which so I'd be fine with. 10 or 20, depends. Yeah, um, yeah. We haven't exactly we haven't really how narrowed we're down going the details, to do it, but, but that's the idea. If you, uh, this is the first, and, and this is the first time we've been talking about doing this for a while. This is the first time that Dawson and I have landed on a concept that we are both excited about mm-hmm. for extra content. Um, but we do not want to put work into something that no one wants to hear yeah. uh but we do know that you love it when we're tortured <laughs> so just based on analytics based on replies all that shit yeah if that's um, something y'all would be interested in uh let us know smile let us know smile uh you're ready to rate this thing spin the wheel and get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. cool all right uh i have my ranking i have my ranking cool uh one out of ten <laughs> Uh, this is getting a one out of ten. Uh, it originally, which we didn't even fucking talk about this. I can't believe we didn't mention this once because I had forgotten about it. Uh, it was originally going to be a two out of ten. Oh shit! For me, until it reaches the dubstep bridge. Yep. In which yep. I immediately <laughs> gave it a one, and I said this song is irredeemable. Yeah. Uh, com- I can't believe we forgot about that. I can't believe we forgot to talk that it's about such it. A, it's such a <laughs> bewildering part of the song. I can't believe it's real. comes out of nowhere. Terrible, <sighs> terrible. Uh, huge, yeah. um, huge indicator. Awful dog shit. <laughs> why this is a one out of ten for both of us. Yeah, uh, one out of ten. I fucking hate this song. Terrible, yeah. terrible song. God damn. <sighs> All right. Wheel time. Wheel time. All right. And then... Uh, um, after we spin the wheel, uh, you're gonna go home. I think. I don't know. I guess. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have to backlog for for your Ooh. Europe tour? We have to we have to backlog next week. Okay. And I'm hungry. <laughs> we'll backlog <laughs> next week. Okay. Okay. Fuck backlogging tonight. I did so many hours of yard work today, dog. So true. I can't wait to tell you about the thing that I can't talk about on air. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I legitimately can't wait. Um, all right. 
Here we go, everybody. I'm removing the damn Death Valley from the wheel. Uh, the Death Valley made me want to die. We gotta have Whitney back on again. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, uh, Whitney Jordan. By the way, true guest of the pod. Her birthday was on the 11th. Happy birthday, Whitney Jordan. Happy birthday, Whitney Jordan. Happy birthday, Whitney Jordan. Shout Happy out Whitney Jordan. Whitney Jordan. Hey, uh, while I'm scrolling for this, did you watch the whole Prince deep discog dive? I did. Dude, me too. What a fun, what a phenomenal video. Oh my God. 39 albums. Jesus Christ. 39 albums. How do you make 39 albums in a lifetime? Uh, you're Prince and yeah. you release one a year. Uh, I think even like, uh, I, I'd like to bring up that, uh, even fucking, where is this fucking song? Did I already remove it? No, it's right here. Uh, even uh, with like it being such like a monumental album, Purple Rain's only nine songs, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, but all of his albums are pretty short. They're like eight or nine songs. Um. Uh, and uh, except that, for the double album, except for the double and the triple albums, those are really really fucking long. Real long. Real long. I listened to uh, Rainbow Children. Oh, yeah. Loved it. So good. Hell I thought yeah. it was awesome. Uh, I'm probably going to listen to that one soon. Yeah, no. Uh, I So I listened to Purple Rain, Love Symbol, uh, the one that's like just the symbol, mm-hmm. and uh, Rainbow Children. And uh, I hate to say it, uh, Prince might be really good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> Prince might be, like, amazing. No way. <laughs> All right, let's spin this wheel. This damn-ass wheel. I'm spinning it. The button has been pressed. The wheel is spinning. The wheel's spinning. <gasps> Ooh! Oh, we needed this so bad. We're so go. back, Dawson. We're so back! We're so fucking back. Oh, oh my god. Lordy. We got uh, She's My Winona. Ladies and gentlemen, she's my Winona. Let's oh. fucking go. All right. I can't wait. All right. Uh, uh oh, I gotta roll out the, the red thing. carpet. Yeah, roll yep. out the red carpet, Dawson. Thank you so much for listening. Uh if you made it this far, uh if you see me in real life, I will give you a firm handshake. Um <laughs> That's new. <laughs> <laughs> uh follow I love that. <laughs> follow Carson's band at the Callous Dow Boys on Instagram at Callous Dow Boys on Twitter. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, follow my band at Bummer Hill ATL on Twitter at Bummer Hill on Instagram. Follow the podcast at The Dreaded Wheel on Twitter. Um, once I feel like we, we need a podcast Instagram. Yeah, probably need a TikTok too. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll get on that at some point. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you come back next week. Uh, bye. Uh, I'm Carson from Dow Boys on Instagram, but I think I might change it to girlfriend hair. Okay, bye.